ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة. عليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. عن عمرو بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو. عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء وقال العلماء ذلك بان العلم رحمه نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا وغايته رحمة في الآخرة. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said that those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful to those who are in the earth, and the one who is above the heavens will show you mercy. The ulama they say this is because knowledge is mercy. The result of knowledge is mercy in this world, and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. We continue going over the explanation of the forty hadith, those forty hadith that was authored by Imam Al-Nawi, rahimahullahu taala. We have reached the 19th hadith, al-hadith al-tasi' ashar, the 19th hadith, an Abi al-Abbas, Abdullah bin Abbas, radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. So on the authority of Abu Abbas, Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma he said qala kuntu khalf al-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawman he said I was behind the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day faqala li and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said unto him ya ghulam Oh, young boy, there is a lot of benefit that is contained here 
in this particular narration. The Fadil to Shaykh Al Alama, the Muhaddith of Medina, he mentions and he highlights certain portions. And inshallah ta'ala we will look at them as we come to them. But here in this statement, Ya Ulam, the Prophet ﷺ, he was addressing a young boy. Which shows you the concern that the Prophet ﷺ, he had for all of the Sahaba. The elders from amongst them and the youth. And this is of extreme importance because having a concern for the youth is extremely important because they will be the future leaders, they will be the future administrators, so on and so forth. And them being righteous and being rectified is extremely important for the society as a whole. And we must make a concern that we establish institutions that will benefit the youth, that will benefit them in their learning of the religion, learning of the foundations of the religion, and of those subsidiary matters of the religion. Likewise, that we have a concern that they are properly being educated, their interdisciplinary studies, without any corruption, without any fitness, and that is impossible if they are inside of the institutions of the kuffar. There will be much corruption. There will be much fitna, much trials and tribulations that will have subsequently an adverse effect upon our youth. So it is important that we take this extremely serious. As the Prophet wasallam, he took the time to engage with this young man to educate them. And we see that from the next statement of the Prophet ﷺ. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Inni He said that verily I'm going to teach you some, some words. I'm going to teach you some words. The Prophet ﷺ, meaning he's going to give him a number of advices. The first of the advice the first lesson that the Prophet Sallallahu gave unto him, he said, Safeguard and preserve the deen of Allah and Allah will safeguard and preserve you. Safeguard and protect and preserve the deen and that which Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has made obligatory upon you and the like, and you will find him in front of you. Inshallah Ta'ala will come to see more in depth and detail what is the meaning of these particular sentences. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, إِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ And when you ask for help, when you ask, yani, ask Allah. And when you seek help, then seek the help, aid, and assistance from Allah. وَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكِ He said, and know that if 
all of the nation were to come together to benefit you with something, they will be in, they will be incapable of benefiting you with anything except that which Allah has written for you. And if they were to come together to harm you, they will be incapable of harming you except by that in which Allah has written against you. The pens have been lifted. And the scrolls have dried. رواه وترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح إمام الترمذي he narrates he collects and he brings this hadith his collection of, of hadith and he says that this hadith is حسن صحيح when you hear that phrase حسن صحيح this means that there is a chain or a number of chains of this particular narration and they are حسن yeah? that it's, there's a chain and the chain is حسن is good and there's another chain of this hadith and it is sahih. It is authentic. Naam. But for riwayah, for Tirmidhi, and in another narration, inside of Tirmidhi, the wording is, Ihfadillah tajiduhu amamak. To safeguard and protect that which Allah has commanded you to safeguard and protect, and you will find him in front of you. Ta'arraf in Allah fi'l-rakha. Know Allah in the good times, when things are easy, good, you have prosperity. When He will know you in times of peril, when things are rough, tough, difficult, times of trouble. And know that that which has missed you it will never reach you. And whatever touches you, then it will never miss you. And know that the victory is coupled with patience. That the victory, it comes along with patience. And know that there is relief to discomfort. For every discomfort, for every troubles, troublesome situation, there's relief. There will be relief for it. And verily, with difficulty comes relief. With difficulty comes relief. When one reflects upon this hadith, just the wording of the hadith by itself, they will see that this hadith is a hadith that contains life lessons. This, 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 this is that in which we will utilize and take with us throughout the course of our lives. You will find that this is strength for an individual, for those who truly understand this particular narration and they, and they apply it inside of their lives. You will find that this will help in the, their quality of life in the worldly life and in the life of the hereafter. Let us reflect 
and let us look at those phrases and sentences in which the Shaykh he highlighted. And as is known, there the Shaykh Ta'ala he explains these fifty hadith in a summarized manner. In a summarized manner. So Ta'ala we want to try to keep it as the Shaykh intended because this is in fact the intent of this particular class. As this was the intent of this particular uh, book that the Shaykh put together was to explain it from this standpoint. There's much more that could be said and more depth that, that could be gone into. But that is inshallah ta'ala for other classes. That is inshallah ta'ala for other sessions and the like. And it's important that this is highlighted because if you study the likes of these ahadith from beginning to end, now, Never let the shaitan come to you or the evils of your soul come to you, whispering to you and tell you when given the opportunity to perhaps go over it again to say, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've studied that before. Now, because the reality of it is, is that even though you may have studied it before, even though, and this is, Yani, you could be going over the exact same book, the exact same book. As the ulama they mentioned, the second reading is not like the first reading. You're going to see things the second time you didn't see the first time. You're going to understand things in, in more in depth the second time that you didn't see the first time. You didn't understand them quite the same way the first time. And likewise, the third reading is not like the second reading. The third time you read it, the exact same thing, you will, under, you will understand better and you will see things you didn't see the, the first two times and so on and so forth. Naam. So the one who says that, oh, I've already done that, then they will have cheated themselves for much. Because they will either have cheated themselves from picking up on something that they skipped the first go-round, and they will have cheated themselves from increasing upon the certainty they already had that they, that they attained the first time. Naam. The reminder benefits the believers. It will just increase you in your knowledge. It just will increase you. And your understanding would increase you in your certainty of the subject matter, so on and so forth, the more times you go over it. And you'll find this was the way of the Salaf. They used to read books a number of times, the same book. Now, if you have an opportunity to read the same or the explanation for these exact same hadith, but from another scholar, for example, you read the explanation of Shaykh Uthaymeen Rahimahullah Ta'ala Shaykh Uthaymeen you're going to find in his explanation that which you don't find in the explanation of Shaykh Abdul Muhsin and vice versa you're going to find in the explanation of Shaykh Abdul Muhsin that which you don't find in the explanation of Shaykh Uthaymeen so you will benefit by picking up on those things that were mentioned here that was not mentioned there and you will benefit by being reminded and fortified in those things that they commonly mention. Now, so either way you win. It's a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation. Now, so it's important that yani, we take this approach when it comes to knowledge in general and we never cheat ourselves. When a person says, oh, I have already done that, then they, they have cheated themselves. 
they have cheated themselves tremendously. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, وَقَوْلُهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِحْفَظِ اللَّهِ يَحْفَظُكَ To preserve, and I'm translating it based upon the meaning, not based upon the actual, I mean, the word, word for word translation, right? But based upon the meaning. Because if I were to translate it word for word, it wouldn't quite make sense. Now, I'm in the English language. And you wouldn't understand and grasp what was intended. So the meaning brings you a little closer to understanding that. And the explanation brings it a lot more closer as far as enriching your understanding. So the Shaykh, he mentions, he says that what is meant by this is to preserve the boundaries of Allah. To preserve the boundaries of Allah. How does one preserve the boundaries of Allah? Naam. How do we preserve Allah's boundaries? Bimtithal awamini. By implementing the commandments. Naam. So this is important. Because you find that this phrase is repeated. And each time what is said now will be said then. Naam. So what is meant by ihfadillah, then it means that what? You have to safeguard and protect the boundaries of Allah by what? By implementing, by fulfilling the commandments. You're commanded to do something, then you fulfill it. Now, I want you to reflect on that. Because if you want Allah's protection, then you have to do what you're commanded to do. So I just want you to reflect upon that. What are some things that we are commanded to do? We are commanded to pray five times a day. Right? And I want you to remember the Prophet ﷺ, he is giving these words to a young man. It's not an old man. It's not a middle-aged man. Right? It's a young man. A youth. From the youth. Safeguard and protect. Implement. Do that in which Allah has commanded you to do. So think about the things we're commanded to do. To pray, right? Five times a day. Not like some of these I mean, nus, nus, youth. They say, oh, some days I pray five times, some days I don't pray five times. Some days I pray, some days I don't pray. No, 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 no. That's not doing what you're commanded to do. Five times a day, every day. Without exception. Now, if you're sick, you're bedridden, because you're sick, right? Then you pray in bed. But you pray. Five times a day, every day. Okay? What are some other things we're commanded to do? Be righteous to our parents. Be good and righteous to our parents. How many individuals you find they may be fulfilling one thing and they neglectful of another? Righteous man in the masjid. MashaAllah, he swears, he's a good brother, this, this, that, and that. But then he speaks very ill to his mother. Very disrespectful. He speaks very disrespectful to his father. Doesn't show them respect. Is this person fulfilling this, 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 these words of advice? No, because he's not implementing, he's not doing those things which Allah Ta'ala has commanded him to do. And from those things we're commanded to do is to be what? Is to be good and righteous and dutiful to our parents, to be dutiful to our parents. Naam. And so on and so forth. Just think of those things we are commanded to do. We have to do them. Wajtinab nawahi. And we stay away from that which is prohibited. Now, 
if we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to safeguard and protect us, we have to stay away from the haram. We have to stay away from the haram. Naam. As, and, and, and when we fall into the haram, what do we do? In the hadith from last week, what, what, what was it? Make tawbah. When we do a bad deed, what do we do? We follow it with what? With a good deed. What does a good deed do? Eradicates the bad deed. Eradicates it. Wipes it out. Naam. So when we do a bad deed, we follow it up by doing a good deed. And a good deed will erase the bad deed. In a particular what? Tawbah. The tawbah erases the big sin and the small sin. Oh, wait. Or is it just the small sin? No, wait. Is it the big sin? You tell me. Which one? Tawbah gets rid of how many? It erases both. Okay. Righteous good deeds outside of Toba. Right? It erases the big deed, the big sin, excuse me. And the small sin? Or just the big deed? Or just the big uh, sin? Just the what? The one option I didn't, I didn't mention? Good deed. The good deed? Without Toba, uh, small sin. Good deed without Toba erases the small sin. Now, I sent to him. But you sure? Yeah. Nah, that's correct. But so when we do bad, we have to follow it up by doing good. And at the top of that is what Toba, because it erases the, 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 the big and the small sin. Now, and we increase in doing good because that wipes out the small sins. Even the ones the small sins we didn't make Toba for, the good deeds wipe them out. Even without us making Toba for them. طيب. And we have to believe in that which we have been informed of, meaning that what our aqidah has to be right. You see that? So, is it enough for us just to be avid worshippers? Is that enough? We just worship all the time? Huh? Jamaat al Right? And the light say worship, make ibadah. طيب. They make an ibadah, ibadah, ibadah. That, that's it? Huh? No. No. Of course not. Because you got to what? You, you, what has to be right? Your aqidah and minhaj has to be right. If your aqidah and minhaj is not right, all of that ibadah you're doing, what? It's not really going to benefit you like that. Why? Because your aqidah is, 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 is messed up. And if you're doing those acts and it's upon bid'ah, then what? It really doesn't benefit you. Why? It harms you. It harms you. Yes, it harms you because you're doing something in which you weren't commanded to do. But it doesn't benefit you also because it does not what? It's not legislated. It's not legislated and it doesn't? It's rejected, so it doesn't, doesn't count. There's no reward. It doesn't count. So you did a whole bunch of stuff for nothing. It doesn't count. It's not acceptable. Because it's upon... Innovation. Innovation does not count. Not count. So you won't get no reward for it. So it's what? It's not just a waste of your time. Because see, if you did something and it just wasted your time, that's bad enough. But not only does it waste your time, but now it gets you in trouble with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you can go to hell for that. I don't think it's more clear than that. Can I explain can I explain it any clearer than that? You can go to hell for doing bid'ah. Simple as that. So is that what you want to do? 
Because the whole intent of doing the uh, 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 ibadah is to draw near to Allah. Bid'ah pushes you far away from Allah. We do ibadah because we want to go to the Jannah. Bid'ah will get you to go to the fire. Naam? So there's no upside in bid'ah. So, coming to the youth and just telling them, pray, 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 be righteous to your parents, so on and so forth, that's good, but that's it? No. What's more important than that? What's more important than the way we treat our parents? The way we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? What's more important than the salah? The shahad. That's why they say the salah is the greatest pillar of Islam after the shahad attained. Because without the shahad attained, there is no salah for you. There's no, there's no fasting for you. There's no zakat for you. There's no hajj for you. Naam. So the greatest is what? Is that the aqidah is sound. And when one understands the dynamics of that, then they will understand how heavy the correct creed is in the scale. It's very heavy in the scale. When compared to an individual who may have a lot of acts of worship, but his aqidah is corrupted. His aqidah is fasida. It's corrupted. Now, then you have a, and he got a lot of, but he got a lot of good deeds. Then you have a person, he has a good aqidah, but his deeds is, is, is lacking. Who's in a better situation? The one with the aqidah that is correct. When that better one came to the Prophet and he asked him about what was upon him, and the Prophet explained to him about the five prayers. Remember that? Inshallah ta'ala will come to the hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, and he said, I will do this and I will not go beyond it. What the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, I will do this, I will not go beyond it. It was the bare minimum. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, if he's, if, if he's truthful, for him is Jannah. Why? Because his aqidah was straight. You see? There was no mubtada'ah in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. We understand that? So his, his aqidah was good. Naam. Person say, was he upon the way of the Salaf? Yeah, he was from the Salaf. <laughs> okay? His aqidah was good. And the Prophet, even with a little bit of these that he said that he committed, he said, Yes, I'm definitely gonna do this, I'm not gonna go do anything more. The Prophet said for him is the Jannah, because his aqidah was straight. The aqidah is very important. So we have to make sure that the children they not only do what is right, but they their belief is right. Right? They're not believing in Darwinism. Okay? They're not believing in these isms and schisms of the kuffar. They're not believing in these methodologies and things from the kuffar. But that their belief is correct. That which the Prophet ﷺ taught. That which was revealed inside of the Quran, inside of the Sunnah. That which the Sahaba, they were upon. There is no way to success outside of that. Period. When it comes to the deen, we look at the deen through the lens of the understanding of the Sahaba. Kitab Sunnah upon the way to Salaf. That's it. That's it. We don't look at the deen and what shapes our worldview or what shapes our view of the religion is liberalism. This one, liberali. Liberalist. Now, I met a Muslim one time. Muslim I went to school with, seen him in the, in the, in the, uh, in the grocery store. Or, uh, and they mentioned to me, seen them in the grocery store. right? And they said to me, yeah, you guys are like, you know, He's talking, talking to me and my family. He said, you guys are like the, um, 
the good Muslims, you know. I'm Muslim, alhamdulillah, but I'm like a, um, I'm like a, um, I'm like a, um, they're looking for the word. They say, I'm like a liberal Muslim. I say, yeah, salam, what's this? What you mean? What's that liberal Muslim? <laughs> anyway, what that mean? Muslim by name? I mean, what is that? What is that liberal Muslim? But that's what they, yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, because they're looking at it in the lens of the West. Because in the West, you have what? You have the liberals, you have the conservatives, you have the people, the moderates, uh, right? Should have just said I'm between sixty and seventy-two. Because <laughs> 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 all of them still going to the fight. <laughs> hey, love style, right? It's yeah. like, uh, what does that mean? But this because why? Because their outlook, even how they look at the religion, is is coming from a secularist understanding that you have these categories: conservatives. Liberals, moderates, the end of it. This is how they're looking at it. Like, like this is these these concepts are applicable inside of the religion. No, they're not. What do you mean? We we yani we are from the Sunnah. This is what you're supposed to be doing. If, if, yani people are righteous or they or they or they're not righteous. People are practicing or they're not practicing. Okay, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But this is from the tricks of Shaytan. How he beautifies the evil. Huh? And this is how these people sleep at night. By saying, it's not that I'm a bad Muslim, I'm just a liberal Muslim. Okay? Yes, 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 you know, LGBTQ, you, 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 you conservatives, you don't support them. But I'm a liberal, so it's okay. They struggling like we struggling. We can't knock anybody struggling. So we got to be easy with them, right? No. Easy with that? Sodom and Gomorrah, they were destroyed. The people of Luther. They were destroyed. Were they dealt with in an easy manner? Hmm? When the Manaika came down to punish them, did they go easy upon them? Huh? Or were they, de were they destroyed, destroyed? Destroyed. Destroyed, destroyed. Right? Totally. Totally. So now what is our understanding of it? We go easy upon them? No. This is, this is a crime that is punishable by death. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that? Of course I'm going to say that's the haq. This is a crime that's punishable by death. So you're supposed to go easy upon them? No, I'm not advocating telling you to go out there and kill them. No, that's not, that's not, that's not our, we don't have the right to do that. That's not our authority. We don't have the authority to do that. Okay? But it doesn't change the fact that they're doing something that is punishable by death. So what do you mean go easy on them? What do you mean that we, our, our fight is won? No, our fight is not one. No, it ain't. Right? We ain't, we ain't fighting for men to marry men, women to marry women, and then, and then for them to adopt children and to corrupt the child. The child say, I got two mothers, I got two fathers, I got this, I got... No, what? No. That's not what we're looking for. We're not, we're not, we're not struggling, Yanni, Yanni, so, so that this person can walk into the same urinal that, I, that I'm in and say, oh, but I identify as you, even though you're clearly a woman. A man walk into the bathroom with the women and say, no, I'm really a girl, but he's clearly a man. That's what you're fighting for? So, so a dude could walk into the bathroom where your, child, where your daughter's going to the bathroom? Your wife is going to the bathroom? What? No, we don't support that, period. So it's important that we, that we teach the proper aqidah. Now, it is important that we teach the proper aqidah in every angle. 
even when it comes to how we deal with these things that we face inside the modern world, how do we approach them? How do we deal with them? We have to teach the children correctly so that they have that balance because the Muslim, the, 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 the Sunni Salafi, that's the one who's upon moderation because that's the deen is moderation. So listen, we're not going to approve of what you're talking about because what you're talking about is straight falsehood, right? When I'm talking about the gay people still. We're not going to approve that because what you're talking about is false. And there's no way that we can ever tolerate that because it is not tolerated inside of the deen. So we can't, we can't tolerate that. But at the same time, we're not going to go out and, 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 and kill you. We're not going to go out and hunt you down and beat you up and, you know, and so on and so forth. We're not going to do that either because we understand that this is not proper. This is not proper. We're not going to physically harm you or anything like that because we know this is not proper because we're in the middle. But because we're not fighting you and killing you doesn't mean we accept you. Doesn't mean we're going to, what they say, kumbaya with you. Nah, not at all. We, we, we are upon what we're upon, you know. They be upon what they're upon. For us, our deen, for them, their deen. They're not the same. And we don't support what they do. Just like they don't support what we do. And then you see the, and I'm sorry to go off here, but do you see the absurdity in that? They'll tell you straight up, they don't support us, but we both support them. Right? They don't accept our definition of marriage, but we're supposed to support yours and accept yours. They don't accept our lifestyle, but we're supposed to accept their lifestyle. Come on. What kind of weakness is this, man? Really? But we have to teach our children that they have this strength, they have this fortitude. But at the same time, they don't go too far off in one direction or the other. So, believing correctly in that which we have been informed about is important. Because from those things that we were informed about is that if you do certain things, you're going, you're going to go to hell. If you do certain things, you'll go to Jannah. We can't waver upon that. We have to understand that upon that which is correct. Well... And we have to worship Allah in agreement with that which He legislated. Not with desires and not with innovation. We don't worship Allah based upon a whim. We just do what we want to do because we want to do it, how we want to do it, because we just figured out that's what we want to do. We don't worship Allah like that. We worship Allah. Based upon proofs and evidences, how we have been taught to worship Allah by the Prophet How many people say they love the Prophet Huh? How many people say, oh, we love the Prophet The Prophet he's the most important human being unto us, the Prophet the Prophet And then they turn around and don't imitate the Prophet How much you really love the Prophet You don't even want to look like the Prophet You don't want to believe like the Prophet But you tell me you love the Prophet what's your love based on? Based on what? Just because? This is full thought. So he worship Allah Ta'ala based upon knowledge, based upon that which he has legislated. Because if we don't do that, remember in last week's class, there are two groups. There are two groups that got it completely wrong. One of the groups was the Nasara, the other group was the Yahud. What was the description of the Nasara? Those were the people who went astray. Those ones who went astray. Now, 
Why? Because they didn't seek knowledge. They acted upon their desire. They didn't seek knowledge. They acted upon their desire. They had no delay. They just did stuff. Yeah? They just invented stuff. Like, and those who, what's the other group? The Yahudi. And, and what was their description? They received, received knowledge but didn't act on it at they, all. They had knowledge but they didn't act on it. They hid the knowledge. They hid it. Yeah. They hid knowledge. They didn't act upon knowledge. This was their way. Right? So Allah is angry with them. So these are two groups that we have to avoid. Naam? Thank If we were to do the aforementioned things, then then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He will safeguard and protect you In the affairs In the affairs of your deen And In the affairs of your dunya He will protect you And safeguard and preserve you In the affairs of your deen In the affairs of the deen this is clear Because you will be what? You will be establishing the deen and you'll be staying away from that which is contradictory to the, to, to the deen. Naam. And if you follow that which you're supposed to be followed, this will safeguard and protect you from innovation. Right? Because innovation is not that which is supported by the deen because there's no delil for it. So it will safeguard you from innovation. Naam. And this is very, 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 very important that I stress this, especially for the youth. They have to be safeguarded and protected from innovation. Now, how do you safeguard and protect yourself from innovation? How? You must have the correct aqidah You must have the, the correct aqidah in minhaj. So that necessitates that you do what? You got to, you got to uh, learn it. You have to learn it. Right? So the first, the first round of protection is that what? You have to learn what is correct. So that you may be upon what is correct, correct? But then, of course, you have to implement what you know. You have to live by what you know. So having situations where the children are being educated is very important. When I mean children being educated, I mean children are being educated. Not just how it has become customary here in the West and other parts of the world as well. But let's talk about the West because that's where we are. When it comes here in the West, it's become customary that the children, they go to you know, any um, weekend school, right? Whether that's just... Both, both days of the weekend or just one of the days of the weekend, they go to the weekend school. Okay, primarily the weekend school, what do they learn? Hmm? No, no, I mean, generally, what do they learn? They learn Quran, they learn, they memorize, they learn Arabic. I mean, that's why I learned how to learn, read Arabic in the weekend school, right? That's why I learned my alphabet in the weekend school. That's why I learned the first few sorters in the weekend school. Okay, so I'm telling you from experience. I'm not like just you know, I'm telling you from experience what 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 we was taught. And I went to a couple weekend schools. One just one. You said, well, that was just your weekend school. Now I went to a few weekend schools, right? But primarily, we learned Quran, we learned Arabic, right? A little bit of fiqh, little bit, little bit of fiqh, right? You know how to pray stuff like this. Our teacher was a Maliki, so we teach us based on the Maliki Madhab. Right? So, a little bit of stuff here and there. But primarily, that was pretty much it. Arabic, that was it. Is that all you need? Nope. No, you need, you need to learn how to believe correctly. 
And you learn how to believe it. What about Tawheed? What about Tawheed? What about yani, the following the Sunnah of the Prophet? What about the proper belief in the angels? Proper belief in Jannah? Proper belief in the hellfire? Right? Qadr, khayrihi wa sharri. Proper belief in the books? Huh? The proper belief in Allah, the proper belief in the messengers. Where is that? Where is that at? A lot of weekend schools is not there. Kids go there to learn Quran. Memorize Quran, which is good. But what I'm saying is that we have to crease upon the good. The, 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 the program has to be a program that covers everything that a child needs to learn. Their belief, the proper belief, the proper methodology. Need to learn how to read Arabic. Need to learn how to read the Quran, recite the Quran, memorize Quran. Now, need to learn what it means. Need to learn yeah, need the fiqh that they need to know about wudu, tahara, yani salah, so on and so forth. There's things they need to know. The fiqh of siyam, fasting, because it, children they fast. You know, we was at the age where we were fasting, right? So they need to learn how to do these things that they are doing, actively doing. So they have to be taught in a, in a well-rounded uh, school. Okay, so this is this is just out there for educators to look, really look at their curriculums and to make sure that they are correct. Okay, what is another way in which that the child, they could safeguard themselves from innovation? Not just the child, but us too. What's another way? Uh, reading the books pertaining to fiqh of Sahaba. Reading the books about the fiqh of the Sahaba, and that's, that goes into learning. But what's another way? It's not, it's not connecting to learning. Practicing. We have to practice, which is true, but it's not connected to practicing. Believe first. I'm with you. I just want y'all to, you know, get the, get the motors turning. So we got education. You have to probably be educated. That helps us stay away from bid'ah. But what's another thing that helps us stay away from bid'ah? Sunnah. And that goes into the, the first category of education. It's one more thing I'm looking for. Study. That goes into education. All that goes into uh, the proper education and rearing, practicing. Centers, yeah, all goes into education. That's all in that first category. It's one of those things where it's so obvious that we keep you know, overlooking. Is what? Is that we have to avoid the innovator. We have to avoid the person of innovation. The Muqtadir. The Muqtadir. Now, this is, this, is, this is number two. We have to avoid the innovator. Why is that? Because innovation does not walk around by itself. You ever, you ever met a, a bid'ah? I'm being facetious. Of course you have it, because it doesn't walk around by itself. <laughs> right? Bid'ah don't walk up to you and say, yo, let me jump in your heart. It doesn't do that. But it's carried to you by, by who? By an innovator. So then we have to be very keen and careful who we take our knowledge from. Right? And why do we have to be careful and keen who we take our knowledge from? Is there any innovator in the world that's going to come to you and say, Assalamu alaikum, I am an innovator. I would like to teach you innovation. Does any innovator give you that courtesy? No. But they come to you with the, with the good speech, in the best manner, right? They mix truth and falsehood. So you, 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 you recognize <clears throat> the truth that's in what they're saying, and that's what hooks you. The other stuff you don't know about, that's that innovation. That's how they poison you. You understand? It's like giving you poison-laced honey. You see the honey. 
You recognize it. You know what honey is. But you don't realize it's poison inside of it. It tastes sweet still. But once it starts to break down in your body, it's going to kill you. But you don't know. Sounded good. So it's incumbent, it's important that we educate our children to have a degree of caution. Just don't accept anything from anyone. But we have to teach them those principles so that they're able to identify yani, what is right from what is wrong. And from that is to be cautious. Especially now. We live in a time person go on YouTube and they just click, 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 click. YouTube has a, they have an algorithm, right? That if you click one thing, when that thing stop, automatically play something else based on what they feel that they think that you want to hear. Right? And then, yeah, then they got Sheikh Google. <laughs> right? And so on and so forth. So they just, we live in a time where it's very easy to find the wrong stuff. So, that, so we have to teach the children to have some kind of control. Just don't go click, 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 click. Just don't go and, you know, they have clickbait, their titles. And, oh, that's, that sounds nice. You click it and then, you know, subhanAllah. We, you know, we have to be very, we have to teach our children to be very keen. And this is important. And the ramifications, you know, a person may come, and because I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, naive. A person may hear this. One of the Muslims, they may hear this and say, I don't like what this guy talking about. This guy sound like he tough. He sound like, you know, he, he rough and stuff like this, right? What's wrong with that? Okay, same person in this scenario will understand exactly what's wrong with that if their child trying to sneak away to go to Turkey so they can go to Syria. How did that happen? Now they want to join Daesh. How did that happen? Now their daughters want to be a wife of, of, of a Daeshi. How did that happen? How you want to be an ISIS bride? How did that happen? Happened by itself? Happened from the internet. Because they were clicking on the wrong stuff. Got invited to some chat rooms. Got invited to some private WhatsApp rooms. So on and so forth. And now they get indoctrinated, indoctrinated with this uh, filthy khadiji, uh, 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 methodology, ideology. Nah? And then what? Then they, they join khadiji. Where'd that come from? Just click, 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 click. Indiscriminately. Oh, now if your child want to join Daesh, now you understand what I'm saying. Your daughter want to go be a bride of ISIS, now you understand what I'm saying. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. We have to instill inside of our children caution. Now, we have to. We have to warn them about the, the evils of the Khawarij. So that, so that when they hear the person and they're speaking ill of the Muslim rulers, when, they, when, they, when they're making takfir of the Muslims and saying these people are not Muslim and so on and so forth, that they are able to identify, right? That they're able to identify that this person is one of them khawarij. When they start saying we want to establish the real Islamic state because all of the Muslim rulers are kuffar and none of them rule by the book of Allah and, 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 and the khalifa and all that type of stuff, that the child understands, oh, this them dashi. This is the Khawarij. We learn about them in the weekend school and how they're evil and the, how the prophets are sending them, calling them the dogs of the hellfire. So we don't want nothing to do with that. We learn to be cautious. Just don't get on YouTube, click, 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 click. No. Be, be careful. Be careful. It's very important. And I stress this. It's very important. I stress this because it's very important. We're talking about you know, any programs for anti-extremism and and and. and you know, teaching our children, so on and so forth, and protecting them from falling into extreme extremist ideologies, so on and so forth. Well, this is part of it. You can't be really nilly with your dean and then, yani, you know, complain when you when when you get messed up. How do you think that happens? You see. 
So it's incumbent that we stress this and we get this across to our children because if they were to do the aforementioned things there, then they will be protected. They will be protected. And listen, they'll be protected in their deen and in their dunya. In their worldly affairs as well, they'll be protected. Now, when we reflect back on what was some of what was aforementioned, we see how even from a worldly standpoint, they'll be protected in their worldly life. Now, um, and they will have an appropriate reward. An appropriate reward. Because the reward will be appropriate and in accordance to the deed. You know, that's the saying that we hear a lot. That the punishment will fit the crime. That the reward will be in proportion or the reward will be as relates to the, the deed itself, the action, right? This here gives us a good example of that. This And this concept, we get this concept, where does this principle extract from? The likes of these texts. The likes of these texts. That the reward will be appropriate to the deed. The punishment will be, yani, uh, will fit the crime. We get that from the likes of these texts. So the Sheikh, he brings you an example, because you hear this all the time. So the action here, al-amal, what is the action here? The action here is health, to be safeguarded and protected. This is what you have to put forward, right? So the action that comes from you is that you have to put forth a protection, preserving of what? What do we preserve? What does it mean to preserve? Tawheed, but now, but from what the Sheikh he mentioned, I entered into it. The, the correct aqidah. Now, what else? The fundamental principles that we believe. Who is your Lord? The fundamental principles. Now. Now, what else? We have to we have to do what? The articles of faith. The articles of faith. All enters into the aqidah, but we have to do what? We have to do what we are commanded to do. We have to stay away from what we are commanded to stay away from. Okay, and then we have to. Worship Allah based upon what he legislated. And we have to stay away from that which is not legislated. So we have to stay away from worshiping Allah based upon our what? Hmm? No, no. We have to avoid worshiping Allah based upon our desires. And based upon? No, the other one. The other bad boy. Avoid the innovation. Innovation. There we go. Now, and what's some of the ways that we protect ourselves from innovation is by what? Following the sunnah, learning what is right, and staying away from the innovators. Let me say that again. A part of the way that we safeguard and protect ourselves from falling into innovation is that we have to learn what is the sunnah and be upon it, so education. And then what? We have to stay away from the innovator. Now, Sheikh Abani called it a tasfiya. Now there has to be a a, a, a a cleansing, purification. And that purification is a purification from what? It's a purification from innovation. It's a purification from things that are based upon traditions. They have no they have no proofs and evidences. Now it's a purification from doing things incorrectly. So on and so forth. That's purification. And tarbiya is what? Education. Purification and education. Right? That's how we get right, and that's how we stay away from what is, what is wrong. Now, but you say tasfiya with tarbiya. 
At-Tasfiyah wa Tarbiyah. This is what Sheikh Rabani, mashallah, he did a nice lecture upon it. And he translated it and he transcribed it into a book. And I believe the book is translated as well into English. So excellent, excellent, excellent book. Excellent book. Now, ala kulli hal, this is the, this is our da'wah. Purification, education. Now, okay. So now let's go back to the thing. So, what we're asked to do, what's the action we have to bring forth is that we have to preserve. Preserve those things that we're supposed to be doing to the end of it. Correct? So then what's the reward we get? Hmm? No, 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 no. Check it out. <clears throat> I want you to just focus in on the words here. The Prophet said said that, O young boy, safeguard and protect. Well, Allah has commanded you to safeguard and protect. And Allah will safeguard and protect you. You see? So if we safeguard and protect what we're supposed to be doing, Allah will safeguard and protect us. So because we safeguarded and protected, then our reward is that we are safeguarded and protected. You see, and this is what is meant by Jazam and Jazam. That you will be that 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 the reward is appropriate for the deed. The deed is safeguarded and protected, so the reward is that we get safeguarded and protected. That makes sense? Very important. Very important. Ala kulli hal. Inshallah ta'ala will end it at, at, at this point, yani for this week's class. But I wanted to highlight, and, and, and of course, as those who are regular to the class know, it doesn't always go into this, to this, to this, to this, to this, to this same depth, right? <clears throat> but I wanted to highlight how implementing these 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 concepts here have an impact on our daily life this has an impact on our day to day this is not something that when we go to work now on monday is it, is gone it's not it's not applicable no it's applicable to what we're going to do on monday tuesday wednesday to the end okay it's applicable and we have to understand that this book is a book the 40 hadith of imam nawawi is a book of principles. The Sunnah is based upon principles. You ever hear that? The principles of the Deen, principles of the Sunnah, principles of Salafiyyah. Okay, where do you think these principles come from? They come from the text. They come from the text, the Quran and the Sunnah. This book is a book of a hadith text. But remember, we say that these these hadith that here they they have a special quality or characteristic in the sense that. Each one of these ahadith contain principles of the religion. Now, when I say principles of the religion, I mean principles of what? The sunnah. When I say principles of the sunnah, I mean principles of what? Salafiyya. So a person claim to be athari salafi, pun sunnah, sunnah, wal jama'ah, so on and so forth. If you're not familiar with the principles that's in here, then, then, then you're upon sunnah based on what? Because you said so. Right? It sounds like that schoolmate I met in the supermarket, right? Yeah, I'm Muslim, based upon what I see. Right? You just you just upon Sunnah because you upon Sunnah? We from Ahl Sunnah. Why? Because I say so? No, we have to implement, we have to know what are the principles and we have to implement them. Because when we say that we are upon that, it's not just for bragging rights, it's not just for you know, so we can say something. It's because we are striving to be upon that which the Prophet was upon because we love the Prophet. So we want to be like the Prophet. We want to believe like the Prophet. 
right? That's what it's about. Period. It's about following the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa taala He sent the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so we, so he to be followed. He's to be obeyed. So, so we obey him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is why we doing what we doing. Sit. Ain't no crew. Ain't no clique. Ain't no club. Ain't no gang. No. We're trying to be like the best of mankind, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We want to be upon what he was upon, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And we want to get it right. We want to get it right. Exactly. We want to get it right. You, you understand? That's what it's about. So that is based upon principles. Principles based upon what he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he taught us. That's why books like this are important. When we go over the texts, those texts that explain the principles. So that we can apply those principles in our day-to-day -day life. These principles are not restricted to this when we're in the masjid. But these are principles that enter into our day-to-day -day life. Right? Reflect back on last week's hadith. Right? Fattakullah. When? Where? Where we fell Allah? Haythul Akut. Wherever you at. Wherever you at, fear Allah Ta'ala. These principles... Into, into every aspect of our life. Inshallah Ta'ala, we'll go on and look more in, uh, more in line with the intent of the book uh, next week, Inshallah Ta'ala. Fa'atawakkuf. Yani, we'll stop here. Fa'naktafi bihadha al-qadr. Yani, naktaf, yani, naktaf huna, wa naktafi bihadha al-qadr. Wassalamu alayhi wa ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa jazakum Allahu khayran.